Welcome back to the Power Six Podcast. Here's your host, Isaiah Rose, with the intro. All right, welcome back to another week of the Power Six Podcast. This week's episode will feature Bradley, Connor, Jake, Max, and myself, Isaiah. Unfortunately, Devin is missing another week's episode. Ooh. Ooh. This week, we'll be reacting to a shocking week one of college football. I'll go ahead and pass things off to Max. Put the torch in Max's hands. I appreciate that, guys. Great introduction there, Isaiah. We're going to get started with what we normally do here. Uh, Week one reaction. Like you said, Isaiah, a lot of shocking games, shocking results. Classic, chaotic weekend of college football, which we love to see. We'll get started with the Nebraska-North Dakota game. A pretty interesting game, to say the least. A lot closer than it should have been. Awful. Uh, Story of the game. Definitely the Nebraska rushing 244 yards total, 189 yards coming from Anthony Grant. He took over this game when he needed to, and thank God he did. Otherwise, I'm not sure the Huskers would have gotten it done. Let me tell you, Anthony Grant is a menace out there. He controlled the game. He said, y'all, get on my back. I'm taking this uh, taking this to the house every time. So thank God Anthony Grant is on our team. I think, Max, you said this, and I, I can totally agree. He looks like a mirror out there, and I yep. love it, and I love it. I'm all here for it. Yeah, I wish uh, he would play better in the first half. I mean, the team overall in the first half was just awful. I was pissed off. I know I had to take a breather and take a shot, but, yeah, at least we came out with the win, but to go 7-7 seven to seven at halftime was very disappointing. It was tough to see, especially against an FCS school that's only ever beat one FBS school in their uh, their time. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching Anthony Grant. It kind of reminded me of Amir, actually, and that long string of good running backs Nebraska had with the Rex, um, Roy Halu, and how we had running backs just housing the football, which ha- hasn't happened in a really long time. And Anthony Grant, he's not that big, and he's still out there breaking tackles. Fun to watch. Also, yeah. I- uh- Sorry, go ahead, Max. Oh, I was just going to say, speaking of Anthony Grant, I mean, he had some impressive statistics. Uh, When Nebraska needed to run down some time, they were able to do that. Anthony Grant had 118 of his 189 coming in the fourth quarter alone. Like I said, he was the workhorse of that quarter. And uh, another crazy statistic here, 108 of his 189 were yards after contact. So I think that goes to show that our offensive line, the run blocking, Maybe it was a little better, but it's really Anthony Grant just putting in the work out there. And uh, I was going to say, we might have found, we definitely, I think, found our number one, Anthony Grant. I mean, I feel like that's hands down. Um, We might have found our number two. A.J. Allen was really the only one who got carries other than Anthony Grant. Gabe Irvin got one for negative one yards. And Yant didn't see the field. Uh, Ramir Johnson, who's hasn't seen the field twice to, between these last two weeks. He might have been on special teams, but he hasn't seen the field in the backfield. He hasn't been there. So we might have found our number two in A.J. Allen. I don't know what you guys think. To touch on Johnson, I did hear that he was injured, um, along with Omar Manning, Nick Henrik, and Bokalek. So it was kind of disappointing to see that two of our captains were injured this week. But I feel like people stepped up when they needed to and to fill those spots, especially in the tight end. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. It is really good to see Nebraska finally have an RB1, a clear RB1. We've been missing that since Divino Zigbo 
in 2018, Frost's first year. And we have since then questioned a lot of Scott Frost's personnel decisions. Don't really know why certain running backs have played certain instances and certain haven't played in certain games. It has been really questionable over his time. The last thing I want to see right now is Scott Frost even remotely shy away from Anthony Grant. I know that he talked about how he likes Ramir and what he does for the program. That's great. Anthony Grant is the clear number one. So far, he has 290 yards in just the two games. Uh, that's second in the country. I know that we've played two games, but uh, Anthony Grant is fourth in the country right now in yards per game. I know we were only at week one, but that's really good stuff. I, I just do not want to see Scott Frost do any more of these weird personnel decisions. Anthony Grant is the guy. The good thing about him, too. In his, his postgame, Scott uh, never explicitly named Grant as the, the running back one. And I don't think he is going to do that. I think we'll probably see it. I think Scott has too much respect for Amir Johnson. I don't think he's going to outright say that Anthony Grant's a guy and make uh, Ramir Johnson lose hope like that. Which sucks because I think Anthony Grant is all around a fantastic running back. I mean, he's, he's physical and he runs hard. Uh, like Max said, that crazy stat. I don't even – what did you say, Max, after contact? 108 oh. yards? Yeah, so 108 of his 189 yards after contact. And even on top of that, uh, Anthony Grant on Saturday had 1.6 yards per carry before contact and 6.3 yards per carry after contact. Yeah. I mean, he, he was just bouncing off guys. He's just, he's a monster. And I would, as much as I would love to see Ramir Johnson out there, because I do think he brings good stuff to the program, especially from last year. I mean, Anthony Grant's got, got to keep that RB1 role. I wouldn't mind seeing Ramir Johnson as two, but I know they talked about him being more of like a Debo Samuel type player of going out wide, catching passes more, and not really taking a lot of runs. So I think that Scott Frost needs to trust Whipple and who he decides should be the running back one. I know he has a lot of trust for Johnson just because he played last year, but I think it should be up to Whipple to make that decision. I know Scott Frost is the head coach, and he probably has a lot of say in that, but I think he should trust Whipple. Interesting take there. Max, what Max, did you hear about the play calling? Because I actually have no clue what. what uh, so it was rumored that – Scott Frost called the plays in the second half. Now we know the drastic change, obviously only seven points in the first half. Uh, and obviously Mark Whipple calling those plays. Now no one's confirmed or denied that Scott Frost hasn't said anything about it, but there is that rumor out there. Now the offense did only get four possessions in the first half. Still got to come up with more than seven points, but obviously scoring 31 in the second half was big. The time of possession in the first half was really bad. I think we only had 10 minutes and um, North Dakota had 20. So that time of possession, the that whole was game shocking. was bad. I mean, North yeah. Dakota dominated that part of the game. I will say that first half, they were running the ball down our throats pretty well. Uh, their quarterback was showing out. He's making good reads, uh, especially on third downs. I would be third and eight, and a wide receiver would be wide open, and he hits the spot. It's just I don't know what the defense is doing at times. I don't know if we're doing zone coverage, we're going man-to-man. I like the man-to-man because I feel like 38, that's a good spot to, you know, if you go man-to-man, you won't get it. You won't let a guy get down, you know, eight yards down the field instead of, you know, maybe man-to-man, they go like five yards and they don't get the first down. I think our defense has been 
I don't know. I personally think our defense has been kind of shocking. Uh, pass rush is not there. Secondary, for sure. I think we're letting people – we're not tight enough on, on our on our mans. Um, so easy completions, dump off passes, and then obviously open field tackling is still an issue. Uh, missed a couple open field tackles that they broke off, 15, 20, a 60-yard run on us. So I think our defense has been shocking. To touch on that, there was a lot of plays – you know, where we hit people in the backfield and then they sprung it out for 10 yards. It's like, just get, get the guys in the backfield, hit them hard. All those tackles should not be missed, especially against a small FCS school like North Dakota. And then like pass rush to touch on that. We still don't have a sack this year, which is very shocking because we have two sacks. We have two sacks. We do. Yeah. Garrett Nelson got a strip sack uh, against North Dakota and then Ochon math is going to sack. Yeah. I must not have been there for that part. Because I did leave uh, middle of the third quarter for the game because I was pissed off and it was hot and I was pretty drunk. True fan right there. True fan. Hey, I was hungry and tired. Went ate, watched the rest of the game. Took it oh yeah, fat, the, fat, that fat. that Valentino's pizza didn't didn't tide you over and that Philly before. I forgot I had Valentino's at the game. Yeah, man, yeah. I was hungry for a victory. It had been three hundred and thirty six days since I last ate. that was a much needed victory that we can say that for sure um like how i said last week uh we needed to beat north dakota with and make a statement uh not covering spread i i don't think that helped our case there um to prove that we are a contender in the big 10 so i was worried about that i think the one good thing is that i think a lot of this stuff that is going wrong on our defense is very fixable. Um, I don't necessarily think we have like personnel mismatches, which is a good thing. Um, I think a lot of times it's maybe some over pursuit by some of the guys, especially attacking the interior part of like a team's run game or the, or the quarterback. So I think it's stuff that, you know, I have faith that Shenander can fix that. And I think our offense can find an identity pretty soon too. I think they'll be able to, I think we found out, the run game can really work with Anthony Grant. So there's some positives. Obviously it wasn't a great result, but hopefully they took and are seeing what they're doing really well, seeing what they need to fix. And then we can apply that to Georgia Southern for this weekend. I've got, uh, I've got two things, not, not to completely change the subject here um, in regards to talking to the game, but a little bit. So I want to talk about special teams real quick. I got two different things that went on one. I'm going to talk about the punt, the blocked punt that we had. Awesome. We had a block punt. Um, I was rewatching it yesterday. Didn't get past this, unfortunately, because I had to leave. But Wyatt Lever, Lever, is that how you say his last name? Lever. Yeah, yeah. Wyatt Lever. He's an idiot. That was so dumb. That, oh, <laughs> that I, was I, unbelievably dumb. I watched play. it. I watched it on TV in the stadium. I had no idea what was happening. Damn, I watched I, it on I TV. So I'll, I'll break it down here. We block a punt. It's still in bounds. Everybody, everybody gets away. Yeah, don't touch the ball. We just blocked the punt. We're not, we're not getting it. Wyatt Lever tells, like, tells people to get away. And then it's the ball's still moving. He picks it up. Thank you. Got tacos. He picks it up. And then North Dakota grabs it. And it's honestly, it should have been North Dakota's ball. I'm not yeah. kidding. It should have been North Dakota's ball. I don't know what he was thinking. 
it was insanely stupid. I don't know if you guys have any comments before I go to my second controversial. Oh, in the stadium, it looked like that was North Dakota ball. Yeah, I I also I couldn't believe that. That was remarkable. I didn't realize it when we were at the stadium what actually happened. So I did have to watch a replay. Jake had to explain to me what happened. So then I watched the replay earlier today just to make sure that that is actually how dumb it was. And that actually is how dumb it was. I cannot believe that. I hope Scott Frost gave him an absolute earful watching I, the film. I was a little disappointed at the time when I was rewatching it. Scott Frost needed to rip his yeah. head off. And he didn't. I, I, I understand Scott Frost is like, he's not really that type of, type of coach. But mm-hmm. he needed to rip his head off. Because at the end of the day, God forbid, if we lost that game, he's done. So he, he needs to like get on these guys. And I think that's the rumor of like him taking over second half play calling is because like, if we're going to go down, it's going to go by Scott's hand, which I think he did a great job. If he was doing play calling in the second half, he did a great job. I I would agree. So to touch on that, Wyatt is also like a fifth year guy on the team. So that's a dumb play by him. So Um, it was, I also, I also gave him shit at the O'Neill scramble, apparently. So, yeah, it was your best friend. So you need to text him and tell him uh, how stupid he is, and to one catch a pass, and two not to do that stupid, stupid play. I, I told him. Yeah, dude, I this told time him before. He's definitely beat the shit out of you. You text him. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I don't think he I, is I, still, I wouldn't text him, but maybe next year I'll say something. He, to him. he is still big to. Like, versus Isaiah okay my second point and I don't know what people are thinking I got into a uh, a conversation with my coworker today and it annoyed me so much but it is what it is people just don't look at it from a broadside view the squib kick after the penalty on the field goal was the absolute right play 100 percent absolute right play there and people in the stadium it went berserk people were booing i people do not understand why scott frost did that and it was 100 percent the right play and i'll walk you through it we're on the 50 we're kicking off on the 50 if we kick it out of bounds it's a touchback it's on the 25 if we kick it in between the 20 and the goal line and they fair catch it it's on the 25 squib kick it there See what happens. Maybe they muff it. Maybe we get the ball back. And then they start on the 30, which I think they started on the 33. But what's eight yards? What's eight yards? Nothing. It's literally that was the correct play there. And I think people are our fans are so on edge about that. Like especially that's why people last week. Especially since last week. Kick. Last week's onside kick was dumb. I still think that was the wrong play. This week was the right play, and I also think it was a poorly executed squib kick by our kicker. Yeah, 100% agree with that, Brad. That was a smart play. Anyone who doesn't see that, uh, I don't know what. A lot of people just I don't know what you're looking ball. at, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. Um, anyone else have anything more to say about the Husker game? Otherwise, I think we can move on. So the last thing I'll say, too, about the Huskers, um, so far this season, we are six of seven in the red zone with six touchdowns. Huge improvement over the last year. So that's that's good to see. Special teams have been doing better. Red zone offense has been doing better. Hopefully it keeps going. Hey, um, we, we haven't missed a PAT yet. That's, that's that is true. That is, that is notable. 
and Bushini has punted the ball very well. Yes. Um, punt coverage has been good. Not Kick as well as the Iowa punter, but he's doing he's doing good. And speaking <laughs> of, let's get into some other week one action here. Uh, eight people came out today. Some interesting surprises. Oregon dropped out of the rankings after the embarrassing loss to Georgia. Um, Florida moves all the way up to 12 from unranked. USC into the top 10. Michigan moves up to four. Big mover for the Wolverines. There was a lot of chaos this weekend, starting with that Thursday night action. Um, incredible games between Purdue and Penn State. And then you had, of course, uh, the backyard brawl, Pitt and West Virginia. Electric atmosphere. Friday night's Illinois-Indiana game. Right, I know you had a bad beat with that one. One point for the uh, – uh, what it was a one-point spread for Indiana, right? And then, Brad, we can't hear you. I had a <laughs> one-point spread for Illinois to win. And, um, gosh, Indiana just drove 75 yards the last minute and a half, and they actually got more yards in that drive than they did all of the second half. So that was tough. I would have been $30 richer and would have had free drinks for the weekend, but it is what it is. Indiana might have been paying off some refs with that game. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, it was an entertaining game at least. Um, I want to talk about the – the AP poll. Yeah, go for Florida. it. Florida ranked twelfth in the nation now. Well that, deserved. You think so? They beat the number seven team. Yeah, I think they're I think ranked. So. Ahead, they're ranked ahead of Utah now. They're one spot ahead By of Utah. One spot, yeah. Which I don't know. I don't Florida know. was at home. Re- week I don't know if you get put twelfth for that, but you know we'll see. They were a receiving votes team as well, so it's not like they were far out from being ranked. I think but then uh, Oregon, who was where, what was Oregon ranked? Eleventh. Yep. They drop out. I think that's well deserved. They I looked like agree. a yep. team. Poor Oregon. I think. Um, but also, I don't think you can judge any team when they're playing against Georgia, Alabama, or Ohio State because those three teams are just uh, cut above everyone else. Also well, to that point, though, Headley, Notre Dame did play Ohio State very good. I mean, but I think the whole game. It was pretty obvious that Ohio State was just better than them. I would agree, which I mean, and which is why ultimately Ohio is, State came out that on is top. True, but you didn't have like obviously people thought like there was a chance North Dakota or not North Dakota, sorry Notre Dame <laughs> could come out with a W there. Like they had a little bit it was of trouble there, but it did seem like Ohio State was pretty much in the driver's yes. seat the whole game. Yes, and that is true. They were playing without Chris Olave from last year. Chris Olave, yep. From mm-hmm. last year, they also um, Smith and Jigba got hurt early in the game, first quarter, and they, I think they had another injury. I'm pretty sure they were playing without their four best receivers from last season, so that wasn't yet, that was not a full strength Ohio State uh, offense, but they still got the job done and were in control the whole game. The Ohio State, their defense looked, uh, yeah, their defense looked good the whole game too, and that defense that's really good. That comes from Jim Knowles, new defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. Um, Really good at what he does. And then to your point as well, Hadley, on, on Florida going up to 12, I mean, the one thing about that is we are going to know this week whether that is legit because they do play number 20 Kentucky. So they have another big test right out of the gate. We're going to know if Florida's legit for sure after this weekend. Their quarterback does look good. No. He's fun too. No, honestly, I think I think Florida deserves it. Yeah, I don't I don't mind it. That's for sure. I mean, they, It's not like they got moved all the way up to seven like or anything. Yeah, middle of the pack. They, they could have been anywhere from 20 to 10, though, I think. 
12 might be yeah. a little high, but I did uh, predict that Utah would throw an interception on that last drive. I just felt like there was too much pressure on them at that point, especially yeah, that playing, was... especially playing at Florida. But Rising looked amazing. That Utah yeah. Florida game was absolutely unbelievable. Cam Rising did look really good, aside from obviously the the crucial interception at the end of the game. I think Utah still has a very good chance. Of, you I think know, Utah's still that. gonna win the Pac-12. I mean, that doesn't hurt their chances at all for the conference. But no, it might it might hurt their chance for the college football playoffs. But I do think they Unless they won out. They would have to win out. Yeah, I think to make it. They have to win out and get some help because I think that. I honestly think that Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State are pretty much guaranteed in the playoff. I think there's, I think everyone's fighting for one spot in the playoff. Yeah, unless Alabama or Georgia have two losses, then I, I don't know that Ohio State is. Yeah, maybe much of. You think it's between Ohio State and Michigan? I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't. After week one, I mean, Notre Dame could end up being like a phenomenal team so that Ohio State win looks even more impressive, which is still very impressive. I don't know that Ohio State is as much of a lock as I thought they were going to be, though. Yeah. I feel like Ohio State, though, their defense is just so good that they, they can kind of just wait for that offense to come because it obviously will because they've shown over like, year after year after year. And if they have that same defense that they had, they're going to just start blowing teams out. Yeah, can, I agree. Go ahead, Jake. Oh, you can go ahead, Brett. Go ahead, Brett. I'm well, I was going to talk about the uh, <clears throat> top twenty-five different different things. So you can go ahead. Oh, I I think that I do think we're going to get two SEC teams um, in again. I think it's going to be Alabama and Georgia both making the playoff. Um, I don't really think I after seeing Georgia play against Oregon, which I don't think Oregon's the bad team at all. They have however many five stars they recruited phenomenally, and Georgia just made them look like a JV football team. So I, I just – I think they're even better than last year. Yeah. You think so? Better than last year? I mean, would come out with a performance like that against yeah. Oregon? Stetson Bennett Oregon is not really bad. Good. Like, they made – Georgia made Oregon look bad. But the, based off the recruits, that's not a bad football team. And they don't let me forget I still owe you $5 for that bet last week. Oh, yeah. Don't forget Isaiah takes – Oregon is his underdog of the week. <laughs> Some bad there. Yeah, that that Georgia performance was insane. I think their offense is going to be better this year than it was last year. And, I mean, their defense will be just – they'll be fine. That was an impressive performance. But I, I still – I don't know that we know all that much about Oregon. So, we'll have to see how they end up doing. Uh, again, they, they do have a first-year head coach. They have Bo Nix at quarterback. Bo Nix is – pretty good when he's on and he's really really bad when he's off it could be an up and down team speaking of quarterbacks who are really really bad not really when they're off but even when they're on you guys want to talk about spencer petrus i would yeah. love to let's talk i would love it. to talk about i want actually this I want the most fun game unbelievable game <laughs> i want connor to talk on it let's talk about it all right Yo. iowa wins seven to three well at least they scored a touchdown right no. No, Sorry. they didn't. <laughs> Two safeties and a field goal. <laughs> That's so awesome. Right. That's but hilarious. We can talk about the positives first. The punting. <laughs> talk about the fucking the punting, Was man. 430 yards of punting <laughs> Tory Taylor. Tory Taylor, special teams, Big Ten special teams player of the week. Put he a won number them. of balls inside the 20-yard line. Set, set up for the safeties there that we got. 
So that's positive. Connor, he had 10 yards or 10 punts for 479 yards. Yes. (laughs) The punter outgained both offenses combined. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a fun stat about the Iowa's punting. Yeah, go Um, for it. Iowa, since 2020, Iowa has won six games in which they have punted at least eight times. I saw that. In the rest of the FBS, (laughs) only two games have been won like this. Isn't that just crazy? No, it was. I thought it was more than that. I thought it was. There was only there was six other teams that have done it twice, and Iowa's done it six times or something like that. No, what I saw is that the Iowa has won six games like this, and then the rest of the FBS, they've only won. Okay, maybe that was it. But yeah, Iowa did, however, have two of their top three receivers out. Spencer Petras did look very bad. Overthrow (laughs) wide receivers. Offensive line was was terrible, though. He had no time in the pocket, so that could have had an effect on him. But who believes in Spencer Petrus anymore? Nobody does. No. I hope to see the backup, but I don't think it's going to happen next week. But with a defense like we have, we're sure to stay in every game. That's one positive. Can you believe that? Go ahead, Ren. I was going to say, I think Iowa, their time is up. You can only have such a bad offense – and such a great defense and still win games, I don't think it's going to happen this year. I, I think they're going to be – they'll probably be a middle-of-the-pack team, unfortunately, in the West, but I don't think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to make the Big Ten championship. I hope – as a Nebraska fan, I hope not to. Fred, you forget what conference you're in. You can definitely win games like that hey, without having confidence. That's a good, that's a good point, but West is looking powerful. 2004, Iowa won six to four against Penn State. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, you know, Spencer Petrus had a 1.1 QBR for this game. Did not even think that was yes. possible. Did you know that is the lowest in the history of college football, the lowest QBR for a team that went on to win the game? That is wow. crazy. That is the lowest also, ever QBR for a winning Iowa, quarterback, and it's half of second because the next like lowest, like a Northwestern quarterback had it like ten years ago. They had a two point two QBR. <laughs> so Spencer Peters <laughs> had half of the next worst winning QBR. That's crazy. But in so in two thousand nine, Iowa started off the season with a sixteen to seventeen win over University of Northern Iowa, where they actually blocked two straight field goals to win the game and everyone was like oh this is about to be the worst team in Iowa history they're terrible and then they went on to go 11 and 2 make it to the Orange Bowl they lost to Ohio State because their quarterback Ricky Stanzi got hurt in the middle of that game when they were up and they went on to have a good season so you never know things could change well let's talk about that real quick I've got a little side note they didn't have Spencer Petrus playing quarterback that year. So, yes, that is also true. <laughs> was that Ricky Stanzi? But you Ricky never know. Stanzi was a pretty good quarterback. Stanzi was good. They had Marvin McNutt, too. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of concerning to me that, you know, if Spencer Petrus is still playing, does that mean they have nobody better? Or well, does that and- mean that Spencer Petrus has something on appearances? <laughs> On the, on the more serious <laughs> side of that, why in the world is Brian Ferentz the OC and quarterbacks coach? 
he just he's been the OC since what 2017 or 2018 yeah which he wasn't terrible his first few years and then he just got for yeah. this season got hired on as quarterbacks coach he played offensive line in college and has only ever coached offensive line and tight ends yeah. why in the world is Brian Ferentz the quarterbacks coach he has zero oh, quarterbacks experience yeah I know I, that's, fire. that's what I was that's what I was also wondering but I think the main reason is it behind it is just to give him like the full control of the offense give him the power we'll see what he can do this is coach's kid coaching version fire him i don't know it's crazy i don't know why coach's kid batting first playing center field but instead it's brian parents everyone yeah (laughs) (laughs) but his first few years as offensive coordinator were not nearly as bad as his last two well, probably because he didn't know. have time to absolutely run it into the ground at that point. Probably because um, he didn't have Spencer Petrus as his quarterback. Yeah. It, that, the Iowa offense You're saying it's Spencer Petrus to blame, not Brian Ferentz. I believe it's both. I think, actually, you can't even just blame Spencer Petrus. I think Iowa's whole offense, their wide receivers, their, it starts with the o, O-line. O-line is just bad. They, they played terrible. Run, run defense or run offense and pass. Then it's. I mean, some of these stats are unbelievable. South Dakota State had 33 rush yards. Iowa had 57 passing. South Dakota State 87 yards. Iowa actually got 109 pass yards. I I just that 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 game is a statistical anomaly. I I mean, you just you know you can't think you just don't think it's going to get any worse. That's what you thought last year. It got worse, but. We know next that week. is and us. Iowa, it can always get worse. Heading into next week, can it get worse? Yes. Can Connor, it get worse? Connor, what do you think about the Iowa fans pretty much they, every single time the offense went three and out? They, they booed. The fans they were, were Yeah, there was booing. A booing after every drive. I mean, if I was there, I probably would have been booing. <laughs> I hate to say it, but. No, I don't blame you. They need to do something about it. Like, they have to. It sucks. It Iowa sucks to fan, watch. It, it really just sucks to watch. That's the biggest thing. They deserve to boo. People are paying a lot of money to go watch football games. They don't want to go watch a team score seven points off no touchdowns. It does have to feel bad when you feel like your best chance of scoring is when your defense is on the field. It does. You that know. has to hurt as a fan. But I'm still optimistic. I think – I think maybe if we switch to quarterbacks, something can change, but who knows? I mean, that defense a de- is impressive. A, a good defense can take you a long way, though. I mean, looking at the box score, too, first quarter, three points, second quarter, three points, and then you had the bottom of the third and fourth inning. They got two runs each inning. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a great quarter. game right there. Oh, wait, we're talking about football. That's right. Shoot. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this uh, stat that I that I sent on Twitter too, Connor. I know you saw it. Uh, since 2000, FBS teams that average less than 2.8 yards per play and score zero touchdowns have gone three and 371. And Iowa has two of those three wins, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And but it's- they Iowa is in fact two and one when they do that. So that's a 66.7 win percentage. The rest of college football, a 0.3 win percentage. It's just a good stat for our defense. That's insane. And also, when I was watching the game, I saw a stat. So when the score was five to three, it said there hasn't been a game end 
five to three since 1980. And it was a game that Iowa played in. I don't remember who the team they played <laughs> against was, but they, they did lose that game. But the last game that that is five to three, Iowa played it and they lost. It was against Arizona in 1980. Yep. I saw yep. that same stat, five to three. Crazy. That is hilarious. And then, of course, Iowa in 2004, they beat Penn State six to four. I mean, it's just, just how this team wins. They just go out and win games. Yep. And they're still favored next week. How the hell? I don't know. I am so excited for that game. Iowa, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be fun. So that's going to be so fun. <laughs> move to the week two. Pre- or we still have a couple more games to cover, I guess. Well, we can, I suppose, uh, I mean, we can talk real quick about that LSU-Florida State game. I mean, that was just absolutely unbelievable. Um, man, the, it kind of almost reminded me of Nebraska watching LSU choke that with their special teams. Two muffed punts, a blocked field goal, and then a blocked extra point. That is how you lose games. Special teams are important. Notre Dame fans said that about Brian Kelly at Notre Dame. They said he never had great special teams and chose again. Also how you win games. Yep. Got a funny story about that. I actually uh, was doing a little little spa night that night, so I didn't have any football on. And so I finally turned on football, and I turned on that game and did not realize until maybe like four minutes left, five minutes left, that it was actually live. I thought it was a replay from Saturday. Then I looked on ESPN. It was like, live, LSU, FSU. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Thank God I, I turned it on because that was the greatest ending to a football game I've ever seen. Thank God. Greatest? I mean, I put it right Every, up there. It was put pretty it great there. except for the field goal miss. I would have loved to see overtime. Well, I would have loved makes to it see so the great. Buffalo Wild Wings field goal go in so I could have stayed out <laughs> yeah. a little bit longer. Buffalo Wild Wings was not happy when that happened. I was I was actually very upset about that mix that missed PAT. I think and, everyone was. Yeah, I wanted to see more football. I wanted to see overtime. Yeah. Imagine uh, I could get game could have even went further off the rails if they would have allowed them to play more. Might even be safer for everyone that that kick didn't go in because that <laughs> was getting out of hand, especially on the same week of North Carolina App State. It was pure chaos, man. Pure the game chaos. Was also crazy. It. Yeah, that App State game, that was insane, too. App State scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that That's is unbelievable. ridiculous. Do you guys want to uh, give our tank of the week picks? Tank of the week. Yeah. I'll go first. I'll go first. Go for it. I think it just – it has to be Oregon. <laughs> they – like, losing that bad as an 11th-ranked team against a three. I mean, I know Georgia's really good. But that bad, come on. Come on. Yeah, it has to be demoralizing being on that Oregon sideline yeah. too. Like that would hurt. Yeah, I'm also going to say Oregon was the tank of the week. Um, is also my bad beat of the week. Uh glad I didn't bet on that because I That is there. not a bad beat. In no. what world is that a bad beat? They got <laughs> absolutely <laughs> throttled, Isaiah. It would have been it would have been a bad beat for me. That's not a bad, no, bad beat is if you bet like Oregon to cover 17 and then Georgia kicks a field goal with a minute to go to win by like 18. They got put on the 50 yard line and spanked in front of everybody. <laughs> bad beat. Bad beat, dude. Terrible, terrible beat. I'll, I'll show you only five dollars bad beat. Yeah, we know. I, I know going- I owe you five dollars. So my original tank of the week was also Oregon, but that is too obvious. I'm going to go with East Carolina. They had oh no a number of opportunities <laughs> to be more specifically the East Carolina kicker, poor kid. Um, 
East Carolina ties the, or they score a touchdown with a couple minutes to go to make it 21 to 20. Their kicker misses the extra point. They get the ball back. They drive down the field in the field goal position. It's 21 20. They have the game winning field goal kick. And the East Carolina kicker misses the kick again. The Wolfpack go on to, to hold on to the game 21 20. That, uh, that poor kid. That's my tank of the week. That is tough. LSU and uh, East Carolina's kickers should, they should be friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think NC State dropped. Yeah, they dropped five spots after that, that win. Yeah, a close I mean, win. They should not have won that game, like by nope. any yeah. means. But, but a win's uh, a win. It keeps all hopes alive yeah. for the season. It's true. As an Iowa fan, I know that it is. Okay, my tank of the week is actually Brian Kelly, as well <laughs> as Louisiana State University as a whole. To drop that game on the missed PAT is heartbreaking, but to also be Brian Kelly, who faked a Southern accent before this game, which I just found really? out. I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's a video of him not. faking a Southern accent at, at the uh, <laughs> LSU pep rally. And then LSU fans um, are almost as crazy as Nebraska fans are already asking about the Brian Kelly buyout. <laughs> Which is massive. Just, just a sad situation as a whole. Um, really makes me happy um, that, you know, another university is going to go through this like Nebraska did. Really makes me think of Scott Frost's first game um, in which we lost. And as I was sitting next to people in the stands, they were saying, I don't think he's the guy after one game. It turns out they were right, but I thought they were crazy at the time. There are people that don't think Brian Kelly's the guy at LSU. And I can't wait for another school to go through what we were going. Do so you think that LSU is going to turn into Nebraska? I hope so. I really <laughs> hope so. so. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Just scream for Brian Kelly's head after week one, which Brian Kelly has been very funny. That's crazy. We one week it was a bad loss, but I think you know, gotta ride that out. Yeah, it could have been worse. So I've got I've got two tanks of the week. One a little more serious, and then the other one not so serious. But the first one, uh, Virginia Tech losing to Old Dominion. Um, I mean, just Old Dominion beating big school Vaughn Tech is kind of crazy. Um, I didn't get to watch that game unfortunately. I know Max was sending out highlights on our uh, on our Twitter though. Looked really good. I love the editing and everything. It's great fantastic. Follow. Go follow the Twitter. Fantastic. Go go follow Power Six Pod on follow Twitter. It. And then uh, my second one is Tennessee Tech losing to Kansas High School, um, ten to fifty six. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Should have been a lock for Tennessee Tech, but um, Kansas High School came out and uh, blew them out of the water. So that was unfortunate. You know what's crazy about the uh, the Jayhawk High School too? They right now are number one in the country among Power Five schools in yards per play on offense. <laughs> Power Five high schools. Kansas is uh, averaging 10.2 yards per play on offense right now. I, I get they play Tennessee Tech, but they're number one in Power Five. That was insane. And Headley, uh, I'm sure you're sweating a little bit because yeah. Kansas, uh, Kansas. Right I, anticipated, I anticipated them winning the first week. He did uh, say they, that. Okay, I am looking at their schedule. They got West Virginia next week. They got Houston, Duke. Yeah, no, they're not. Did you ever put that bet in, Headley? I did not, but I did not expect them to beat Louisiana Tech like the like they beat Louisiana Tech. I mean, they're gonna Tennessee beat. The, they're gonna beat. Yeah, Tennessee, they're gonna beat <laughs> Tennessee Tech. Um, no, they're they're gonna beat Texas like they beat Tennessee Tech later on, and I'm going to watch every second of that game. They are going to beat Texas. That's your second win. 
you're, you're giving <laughs> him two wins. <laughs> I mean, it's a given that Kansas beats Texas nowadays. <laughs> I love it. Yep, those are my tanks of the week, though. We All right. Good stuff, guys. Love the new Tank of the Week segment. Going to be going all season strong with that one. Now let's move into our week two preview. There is good action on all day long. Number one, Alabama taking on Texas at 11 a.m. All the way to a late night top 25 matchup kicking off at 915 Central between Baylor and BYU. It is the entire day action packed. Let's start off with an Alabama-Texas preview. Um, Alabama opens, well, they opened at, I think, 18-point favorites or so. It's already up to 20, probably for good reason. Um, this one's at Texas. And I know we were talking about this earlier with the TV deals, but this one is 11 a.m. Big Noon on Fox. So Fox Big Noon kickoff is there, and College Game Day is going to this one. So this is one of those instances where Game Day is going to a, a game that they're not airing. I think Alabama is going to be a lot for Texas to try to handle, not going to lie. I agree. I think uh, Alabama is going to be a lot for any team to handle this year. Um, I don't really think any team will hang with Alabama besides Georgia. Are we doing our predictions here or no? No, not yet. No. But we can talk about how Devin thinks Texas is going to win. Devin loves Let it be known. Let it be known. Devin. 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 uh, The missing member. Week zero, I believe. He has said Texas is going to beat Alabama. He's a closet Texas fan. I mean, he does think that's a Texas fan. Yeah, I mean, just because you live with a Texas fan doesn't mean you have to root for Texas. That's just a bad take. I think we can all say it. But yeah. when you live with an Iowa fan, you have to root for Iowa. Is that right, Headley, or what? I do root for Iowa so that so, on, um, you know, so that <laughs> Nebraska beats them and crushes all their hopes. That's that's why I root for Iowa. Yeah, I will say Headley. Uh, Headley said this at the tailgate that he wants. Iowa to be 11 and 0 going into Nebraska and then Nebraska beat them. So they can't go to the Natty championship. And I think I that is a, a bad now. take. I think bad that is take. a bad take. Bad take. I don't want oh, Iowa to be 11 and 0 going into the Nebraska game. You kidding me? I want, I want them to be one and 10 now that they have a win. Yeah. <laughs> Bad take. I would what, be I would be we, entertained by one in ten Nebraska beating eleven and zero Iowa. Jesus. <laughs> Maybe at that point. Yeah. Let's just take a step back. Iowa's not going to go eleven and zero with this offense. Yeah, they might score eleven points this season. We can we can go straight into that. Uh, I I mean I think Alabama Texas. Alabama lock. Listen, lock. the highlight of that game is going to be the fact that Gus Johnson is on the call. Let's just get that straight. Good point. Yeah. And Joel Clatt. And Joel Clatt. Yep. Yes, sir. It's where game day is going to be at. Uh, it's at Texas. Okay. Interesting set of this game before we move on real quick. Um, Alabama has not played a true non-conference road game since they played at Penn State. I, it was, I believe, 2010. So this is the first time in 12 years that Alabama is playing a true non-conference road game. How is that, uh, that even possible? Because they play all these stupid neutral site games. It's always like Alabama and Miami from Dallas or Alabama and Georgia Tech from Atlanta. You know what I mean? They always do those. It's like, screw that. That's why neutral site games, Isaiah, bad take, uh, suck, and they are moving (laughs) away from them in college football. No one likes neutral site games, and they're being scheduled less and less. So I agree with that. I I think Texas, I don't think that they cover, but I think that they play close for like three quarters and then – Alabama just blows it open. I think we'll, we'll be entertained by this game, though. 
I think to start at least, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Texas can hang for a bit. Quinn Ewers, that's going to be entertaining to watch him. Texas offense getting a lot of hype this year. Yeah, they are. They are indeed. Uh, they looked good against Louisiana Monroe week one, so for whatever that's worth. Um, we can uh, we can move to our next game that we're going to preview here, Iowa State at Iowa. This it's one, my game of the week. I am going to completely agree. I am just pumped out of my mind to watch this game. Iowa favored by three and a half right now. I'm not sure they score that many points in the game, but hey. It's going to be a dog fight. Dude, it's going to be a fun one. Zero. It's going to be a punter's I, duel, I, baby. I think in Iowa we City. should do kind of like a touchdown shots for the game, but instead of a shot, we all drink a whole fifth every time there's a touchdown. How about punt shots? <laughs> punt shots. And we would get a little tipsy, maybe. Punt shots. Then we, we would be gone that game. It's I really fun, wonder, and I have this in our predictions, a little side bet kind of thing. I really wonder if Iowa – Scores a touchdown, or Iowa State for that matter, without good Iowa defenses. Oh, Will we get a touchdown in this game? Same thing. Also, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the over under is forty and a half, and I think everyone should go to their local casino and bet the under. Edley, that is my lock of the week. Sneak peek. Well, I am the under. I, it's a fuck. It's a lock. I couldn't believe it was forty and a half. Yeah, yeah. I think the final's gonna be like nine. Can also, to probably three. say that week one could be a fluke. Uh, you think no. so? Now with a QBR of 1.1. That ain't a fluke. <laughs> I, I'm so wait, excited for this Wait game. and watch. I, I'm so excited. Ryan Ferentz tried calling the most boring game ever so that Iowa State has to watch it. Exactly. This week. And he's trying to just bore Iowa State. It's a, it's a level of torture. It's, it's 40 chess that none of us can comprehend. Only Brian Ferentz and Spencer Peters really can. I think what I'm excited about this game is if I had to pick a second favorite team, it would be the Cyclones for two reasons. One, Nebraska and Iowa State both hate Iowa. We share that hatred. And I got, uh, I got some – got the phrases there. So I'm, I'm from – I'm an honorary Ames man. So I, I would pick Iowa State for this game, especially because Iowa's offense is so bad. We you cannot just forget about that. I'm just so wait, excited. Brad. I'm so excited. Keegan Johnson, who picked Iowa I'm over excited. Nebraska – He's coming back this week. Wide receiver. Patrick Peter's going to have another option. The he's problem gonna be, is. He's going to get a deep he's route. Hit his, he's got to hit his wide outs. You still have <laughs> to throw the ball at, at his hands. Still at his, like, him, I don't know if Spencer Peters can do that. Right, well, maybe Alex Padilla will come in. I, 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 would take, so. I would take a blind kid with a cane over Spencer Peters. <laughs> 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 you know, so would I. It sucks. <laughs> Dude, I just feel bad for those. Around, man. I think I think Spencer Petras has this. He has a just this terrible mental block that he just can't get over, and he can't play when the lights are on. Because why else would he be a D one quarterback if that wasn't the case? I think he's a How would he have, champion. Yeah, that I mean that's what Kirk Ferentz says. He says he practices very good. I think that he just can't perform once the lights are on. Oh, they're taking they're taking the Scott Frost approach, man. He had a great week at practice. We're gonna do we're we're gonna do fine. Take the Scott Frost approach there, gosh. Yeah. You know After watching uh, some of these highlights, I do think you're onto something. I think there might be some extortion at play here. I think Spencer Peters might actually have something on Brian Ferens or or, or uh, Kirk <laughs> Well, they are racist, so we already knew this. That's fine. Yeah, Maybe. who knows? <laughs> We'll just have to wait and watch this game and see what happens. But in the meantime, let's move on. Let's move on to the 
from this game. I'm just, I just feel bad for those poor kids in that hospital after watching another week of that offense. <laughs> for one and zero, we're undefeated. We're not one and one. Okay, Let's move well, on. Let me just tell you, I okay. We will move on. I just cannot wait to watch Brian Ferentz, and Spencer Peters in that Iowa offense. It, it will be fun. I, I'm so excited. So excited. Next game is uh, Kentucky at Florida. Uh, I think this is, is this an afternoon game. Well, it is a night game. It's a night six, game. Yeah, 6 p.m. kick in the swamp. Top 25 matchup. The, the most interesting thing about this game, and we, we touched on it earlier, obviously, is we are going to find out for sure if Florida is legit, if that win over a number seven Utah team uh, is going to stick. And if they can turn it into two ranked wins in a row, in which case they should probably be in the top five, honestly. Uh, Florida's favored by four and a half. This game was a close game last year, a seven-point win for Kentucky. Uh, and again, I'm excited to see if Florida can repeat another impressive performance. I was going to say about this game, um, I think I don't think Kentucky is going to be as good as we think they are going to be this year. I think Florida is going to come out with the wind win. I don't know if they're going to cover. I think we are picking that, so I'll have to throw something out of my out of my head off of that one. But I think Florida's coming back for uh, revenge from last year. I could agree with that, Brad. Uh, after watching Florida last week, I think I think they're going to be a decent team this year. Uh, even though they weren't preseason ranked, I think that kind of drove them last week against Utah, and I hope they kind of come out with that same fire and just run over Kentucky. Yeah, I'm I'm not sold on on the whole Florida thing yet. I was actually I have this asterisk as my underdog of the week, though even though it doesn't uh, apply since underdog of the week needs to be ten points or more. I think we agreed on, but I do think that Kentucky, I, I think that they're going to take care of Florida. Um, also, I think Florida's probably still drinking, uh, celebrating that Utah victory. They aren't going to be ready. They're drinking that swamp juice. They drink in the swampy. The, the swamp know. was rocking last week. It was a good atmosphere. Yeah, it's tough to win in the swamp. It is tough to win, go in the swamp. I think Kentucky's a good team, though. It'll be a really good game. Yeah, one of the eight ranked SEC teams. So Very impressive. We can now move to a Tennessee pit matchup, unless anyone has anything more on Kentucky-Florida. I'm excited for that, though, night game, like we said, in the swamp. But moving to Tennessee and Pitt, this is another top 25 matchup, a 230 game in Pittsburgh. Right now, Tennessee, lower ranked team and the away team favored by six and a half. Pitt had an impressive win week one on Thursday night, again against uh, West Virginia. But I don't know that they really looked all that good. And I don't think West Virginia is going to be a good team this year, if I'm going to be honest. I, I think a, a six and a half line is about right for the volunteers in this game. Yeah, I, I'm not very high on Pitt, losing all the Mark Whipple, obviously, Kenny Pickett. Um, I'm sure they lost other weapons, but those are two I know off the top of my head. But I think Tennessee is going to come out with this win. So I know we're going to touch on that in predictions, but I like Tennessee. I actually uh, disagree. I think Pitt will come out with the win on this game just because they are playing at Pitt, which is huge. Um for them, you know, having home field advantage always helps. But I think Pitt will actually come out with a win in this game. Yeah, I also have Pitt. Yeah, I don't think West Virginia is very good, but I think that what? the environment they were playing in and – yeah, sorry, West Virginia. I don't think they're very good, and 
but but you have the the backyard brawl. I think it's guaranteed they're going to show out for that. So I hard to judge them off of that game. Now we get to the nightcap for the night. Uh, a really interesting matchup. This is a 9:15 p.m. kickoff in Provo, Utah. We love to see a good late night game. Going to be action all day long. Number nine Baylor at number 21 BYU. It's going to be a great atmosphere. This line really surprised me, guys. Yeah. BYU favored yeah. by three and a half points. Uh, and so crazy. far, 76% of bets placed are on BYU to cover. I don't know what I'm missing here, but clearly Vegas and the early betters, which are usually the uh, the betters who, who know what they're doing and like to get on top of lines that come out. But I don't know. Vegas likes BYU in this one. Maybe it's because it's going to be in BYU. It's a little bit high elevation, late night game. I don't know. I'm also very surprised just because of how good Baylor was last year. And I think they will still be a powerhouse this year. Yeah, I'm. that's crazy that BYU's favorite in this game. You know, they're 21 ranked team in the country and Baylor's ninth ranked. Even though rankings, you know, they don't really come into play nowadays. But I still think Baylor um, should be pissed about this. And I think they'll come play with a fire uh, knowing that they are the underdog in the game. Yeah, I'm also going with the defending Big 12 champs. I, I don't know. I actually d- I didn't even see the spread. I'm surprised to see this as well, but I don't think – I think Baylor's going to win it. Yeah, I don't think BYU should be three-and-a-half-point favorites. I mean, they beat USF by 29 points, but it's Southern Florida. I don't think that warrants a, uh, a favorite line towards a 21 BYU versus a nine Baylor. So, um, I would I like Baylor in this, to be honest. But you never know. College football is crazy, so they could happen. And then finally, we can uh, touch on some quick points for Georgia Southern and Nebraska. Nebraska, 23-point favorites. It's going to be a night game in Lincoln, 6.30 kickoff. There's a few things I want to see from the Huskers in this game, and that is the number one thing is to continue to ride and hand the ball off to Anthony Grant. He's the man. I want to see the offensive line run block well. I want to see Anthony Grant run hard. Um, I want to see Casey Thompson throw a little bit more accurate on the deep ball. I feel like he's had a couple of overthrows and even more underthrows, which has been a little concerning. Um, And then the defense just needs to start wrapping up. I think the talent's there. The linebackers are there. uh, Safeties, you know, Ochon Mathis on the line, Garrett Nelson on the line. They have the guys. I just think it is a pretty inexperienced defense. The talent's there. The speed is there. um, But I think they can play well as the experience comes. And I'm going to be looking for that this game. Yeah, I agree, Max. Um, just from week week zero to week one, the defense looked a little bit better. And I think as the season goes on, they'll keep progressing. And I'm just, I'm excited to see what happens against Georgia Southern. I know that we're the 23 point uh, spread there. I think that's still pretty high, honestly, after, you know, seeing our first two games. But I, I like Nebraska in this game. I think they'll come out and show out. Guys, I went to Council Bluffs and I bought us a victory, took the Georgia Southern 23 and a half spread. And my betting has been awful this this uh, season so far. I don't think I've hit a bet yet in the, fir- in the first two weeks. So something's going to give. Either Nebraska's going to blow them out or I'm going to win a bet. Either way, I'm going to be happy. I don't know if you guys are going to like this, but I kind of have Georgia Southern as the underdog of the week. Um, I don't think 23 and a half is uh, small enough. Um, that's an interesting take there, Adley. Is that to win or is that to? No, not to win. Not to win. To I think it's going to, it's going to be close. 
I am a little scared about this game, to be honest with you. Um, after the first half against North Dakota, I, we did not look good. Um, obviously, the Northwestern game, there were some goods and some bads. But last week, I I didn't think there was that many goods to outweigh the bads, to be honest. Um, I still have Nebraska winning big, but I am, I am nervous and hopeful that we kind of piece together some stuff. I would like to see the D-line do better, get a better pass rush in there. And I know me and Max talked about this and kind of hammered it last week, last game, is we need to win the turnover battle. I swear to God, we've never – we haven't won the turnover battle in feels like years. Um, so those are two things I'd like to see. All right, good preview there on the Husker game. Super excited for that, as always. Um, real quick, what's your guys' game of the week? We might all be in agreement here. For me, it's Iowa State, Iowa. I can't wait to see this game. I don't know. I, I hope it's literally like a three to two game. I'm be honest, that's mine too. That's for well. sure mine. Yeah, I think I all wait. around, all around, that's going to be probably the game of the week. That's going to be very exciting. But I also wanted to touch on two games that we didn't talk about. There's Houston number 25 versus Texas Tech. I believe Texas Tech is actually the three-point favorite in this game. Um, that would be really exciting to see if, you know, Houston is legit. I know they've had good teams in the past. Um, I know Texas Tech hasn't been as great in the past years, but they are, you know, one of those Power Five conference schools, so I think that will be a good matchup. And I also put down Appalachian State versus number six, Texas A&M. Um, after watching Appalachian State last weekend, I know they aren't playing a you know a powerhouse like they did last, or they're playing a powerhouse this week uh, compared to last weekend. But I think that'll also be a really good game. I don't think Appalachian State will get blown out. Um, I think they'll they'll keep it close against AM. I like that Isaiah. I think that App State Texas AM game is actually really intriguing. Um, there's a lot of and on that same topic, there's a lot of sort of like intermediate good games this weekend, uh, like South Carolina, Arkansas. We're not even going to touch on. Washington State and Wisconsin, a lot of interesting games that you don't even realize. Kansas State, Mizzou, that's in our picks, though, but a lot of good games. The other thing, too, with that Iowa game, I'm really excited to see uh, if Iowa does anything on their first possession, and then I, I want to hear the Iowa crowd do their own offense. I just just makes it all tingly inside, doesn't it? Actually, for, you forgot one game, Hawaii at Michigan, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that one. Come, Come on now. Oh, you see, I saw 55 earlier. Do we have 51 in our thing? Yeah, uh, yeah I, it's, I see 51 right now, which is still insane. Let's get into our week two locks. Um, I know a couple of you were mentioning that you might have this same lock. The Iowa State, Iowa over-under is 40.5 right now, and I think the under is a lock. Um, Iowa State went 7-6 and six last year, and they're losing a lot. They're losing their QB, Brock Purdy. They lost their running back, Brees Hall, tight end, Charlie Kohler. All were studs. Uh, they lost two starters on the offensive line. And then Iowa State also lost eight starters on defense, including their top four tacklers from last year. I do not think Iowa State's going to be that good of a team this year. I think Iowa's offense is really bad. I do not think there's going to be many points scored in this game. I also have that as a, as a uh, lock, Iowa, Iowa State under. But on the other side of the coin there, I've got North Carolina versus Georgia State over at 65 and a half, which I think is not a bad bet at all, uh, especially because North Carolina can score the football pretty easily. And they've also proven that 
anyone can score the football against them. So Georgia State could also put some points up on the board. My lock is Baylor covering the three and a half spread. Matter of fact, I'm going to pick Baylor money line for my bets. I don't know if anyone else had that same bet, but I was going to say my lock of the week is Alabama covering a 20 point spread against Texas. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that is very doable. Shots at Devin there. Very doable for <laughs> the, the tide there. Um, be honest, I, I was working a lot today and didn't have enough time to look at all the games, but looking at the games, I'm going to say Ohio State covering a 43-and-a-half-point spread against Arkansas State is my lock of the week. Big, big number there, big margin, but I think Ohio State is going to blow Arkansas State out of the water. I can respect that. Yeah. Brad, I also didn't have time. I just looked at Max's games there and picked one. Good hey, call. fair Good enough. Call. I, th- I think Alabama could very easily cover those 20 points. I mean, could, that could be a blowout. Um, they're going to win by 40. Next, last little segment here, underdog of the week. Uh, so a 10-point greater dog that you think has the best chance of winning that week. Mine, Wake Forest is favored by 13 points over Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt might be able to get the win. It's at Vandy. Wake Forest lot, lost a lot. And so far, Vanderbilt doesn't look like a half-bad team this year. And uh, I think they have a really good chance at an upset here over a ranked team that I don't think should be ranked, but either way. Yeah, I don't have an underdog of the week this week, so I'm just going to go with Max because he, he normally has good picks there. Okay, interesting, interesting <laughs> take. Um, I did look at that Vandy game too, and I, I thought about it. Um, but I've actually got two quick ones. I got UNLV at Cal. They're a 13-point underdog. Give me UNLV. Give me the turnover slot machine. And then I got Old Dominion at East Carolina. They're a 12 and a half point dog. Give me Old Dominion off an upset win last week. They're going to ride the wave and uh, be East Carolina. So I'm in there. I know earlier I said uh, my underdog of the week is Georgia Southern, but I don't think Georgia Southern can realistically win the game. But I do like their spread. For my actual underdog of the week, I'm doing the Duke, the Duke Blue Devils. 10-point dog to Northwestern Wildcats. I mean, Northwestern let Nebraska hang with them for pretty much the whole game. I don't think that that got a good team. I didn't pick one that was above 10. I have one that's 9 because I didn't really – I wasn't really looking we'll for, count this, it. For, for underdog of the week. Back-to-back back weeks, I, Connor. What do you got? Don't, don't know, your if, mouth, we, don't know if we – your mouth, that. Mr. Oregon's winning. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got Stanford over USC underdog it's pretty close they're still they're pretty big underdogs nine points if that line moves to 10 we'll officially count it but as of now it's your unofficial underdog of the week i honestly didn't look for underdog of the week this week all right with that boys let's get into our weekly predictions here friday night game interesting little matchup here acc versus american louisville at ucf ucf favored by six and a half i'm gonna go with ucf so I'm going to take uh, Louisville here. Uh, winning the game, I would take Louisville money line if I was betting on it. I am going to take UCF in this game. Yeah, I'll take UCF. Um, I bet on Louisville the week zero. I believe it was week zero, and they let me down, so I'm taking UCF to cover a six-and-a-half point spread. Very nice. Next game, 11 a.m. kickoff. This is where Big Noon is going to be at and college game day. Alabama, Texas. 
a blue blood matchup here. And the first time these two teams are playing since the 2009 national championship game. I like Alabama to win this one and pretty big. Yep. Like I said earlier, Alabama's going to win this game and they're going to cover the spread. Yeah, I like that. I like Alabama to cover. Alabama. So originally I had Alabama will uh, win but not cover. But honestly, give me the tie to uh, win by 40. Horns down, baby. And uh, I like that. I'll just I'll just say it for Devin so everybody knows Devin wants Texas to win. So bad that's take. his pick for that bad one. Bad take, bad take. Or or to cover. I'm not even really sure what his pick is there. He wants him to win. Yeah, he wants him to win. This pick Insanity. has been in the making for a while. I think it was before week zero. He, he's really confident about this one. Interestingly, yeah. Next game, big game for the former Husker, Adrian Martinez. This is an 11 a.m. kickoff. Maybe we can throw this one on right next to that Alabama-Texas game. See our boy Adrian does. we got Missouri at K-State. K-State eight-point favorites. And I got Kansas State winning. I think it's going to be a close back-and-forth matchup, though. I also have a K-State winning this game, but I think Missouri will cover. Uh, I think it'll be a dogfight to the end. I have Kansas State as well. I want to watch Adrian do well. I'm going to go the other way. Let's go Missouri. I love Adrian, and I'm, a, I'm an Adrian fanboy, uh, but give me Mizzou's money line. Um, so Mizzou to win. I also found out I've got, fam- I've got a, a family member that coaches at Mizzou. Found out about 30 minutes ago. So that's my dad's cousin. Let's go. Let's go Mizzou. Go Tigers. Wow, Brad go Tigers. with the connection there. All right. That is, that's pretty interesting. Uh, next – we get into our uh, first top 25 matchup here. Number 24, Tennessee, favored by six and a half at Pitt. Uh, I like Tennessee, and I, I think they would actually win this one comfortably. I got Pitt winning this game. I think people are really down on Pitt. Um, like we talked about earlier, we don't think West Virginia is going to be a good team. But it was, you know, a rivalry game. So I think Pitt will win this game. I also have Pitt. I'm high on Pitt still. I got Tennessee this game. Give me the balls, but they're not going to cover. So it's going to be a close one. All right. Next we go. Uh, number 25, Houston. Narrowly escaped the win uh, week one against UTSA. Uh, they're going to play at Texas Tech. The Red Raiders favored by three points. I think this is a tough one to choose. I am going to take Houston, though. I think Dana Holgerson's got a good program going there, even though with a close win. But uh, I got Houston. I also have Houston for this game just because of the fact that Texas Tech hasn't had very good teams uh, recently. And Houston has been, you know, constantly in the past couple of years being in the top 25. So I think Houston will come out with a win, but it will be very close. I've got Texas Tech. It's, it's at the Red Raiders stadiums uh, and their fans are a bunch of dicks. So I got Texas Tech. Yeah, I also got Texas Tech. Nothing, nothing to say there. Just go Red Raiders. Give me Next. Tech to cover big. Sorry. Sorry. No, yeah, no, totally screw me. No, Max, my no. bad, my bad, my bad. No, 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 no. Some stuff. I was right now. I'm going to take my time now. Give me tech <laughs> to cover big because I did not like Houston's uh, performance last week. That's very fair. I think that one could be uh, a, a coin toss, really. Next we go Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa's favored by three and a half. This is a two-parter, guys. Winner. And will Iowa score a TD? This is an official prediction. <laughs> I like Iowa to win the game, but I like them to win it Nine to six, all field goals, no touchdowns. <laughs> so I'm actually going to go with Iowa State to win this game. Um, I think it'd be low scoring, like Max said. 
I don't think Iowa will score a touchdown. Uh, it it could very possibly come down to special teams, you know, punting and field goals. So I think it'd be a good dogfight till the end, though, as well. I got Iowa winning this one, and I I think that they score two touchdowns and win uh, with a score of seventeen to six. I'm going with my boys, the Hawkeyes. They're gonna score a touchdown this week, and the lock of the week, Max. It's not a lock. I was gonna score this week. What? Do you get a score, Connor? Yeah. What's your score prediction? We're gonna go like twenty-four to twenty-one. And Max gonna go? Uh, no. So actually, oh, next game we got Kansas <laughs> West. <laughs> All right. So I got I got Iowa State money line. Big Ames guy over here. Will Iowa score a TD? Yes, but it's not going to be offensive. It's not going to be offensive. They'll have, I love they'll that have a pick six. They'll have a pick six. And then for, uh, score prediction is I got Iowa State 24, Iowa 10. They're going to get a few. Wow. Brad is a Go clones, baby. crazy. Go clones, baby. Go clones. Let's go. Stir up the storm, baby. Let's go. Oh, wait. That's from Chase. Stir up the storm. I really – my ultimate – dream is for that game to somehow end five to four you forgot that iowa's beaten iowa state six years in a row not this year baby on top of that seven years in a row not this year hold on sweetheart hold on all right move on to our next game here we got kansas the jayhawks kansas high school playing at west virginia this line surprised me it's only 13 points kansas is on the up and up i think west virginia gets the win but i think kansas has a legit chance I I completely agree with you, Max. Uh, I think West Virginia comes away with the win, but I think 13 points spread uh, should actually be less. I think it should be like a six and a half point spread because I do think Kansas has a legit chance to win this game. Better bet. That's what you think. I disagree with both of you. I think that 13 and a half is just a mistake in the system somewhere. And West Virginia is going to win by four or five touchdowns. I think West Virginia will win around 13 or 14 points. It'd be West Virginia to win by 17 points against uh, Kansas High School. All right, on to <laughs> defending national in- champions in, in college basketball at Kansas High School. Yeah, great Only football. Only great football. basketball program. Uh, next, we got a great night game here, top 25 matchup. 20, number 20, Kentucky goes to the swamp at number 12, Florida. The Gators favored by four and a half. I think week one is a little bit of fool's gold. I think Utah is clearly the better team. Give me Kentucky. Hey, I'm going to take Florida to win this game, but I don't think they're going to cover four and a half. I think they're going to end up winning by a field goal. If I had to predict a score, I'd be like 27 to 24. Florida comes out on top. I like Kentucky a lot in this one. I think Kentucky spread is a really good bet. Give me Florida. Kentucky's not going to the swamp and winning this game. I agree with Connor. Give me Florida to cover. It's a hard place to play, especially at night in the swamp. So, if Utah couldn't do it, I don't think Kentucky can. That, uh, yeah, that's gonna be another interesting one. Could be another toss up there. Essentially, next we got Arizona State at Oklahoma State. Intriguing non-conference matchup here. This could have been an underdog of the week. Oklahoma State favored by eleven. Uh, I have Oklahoma State winning, but I don't. I'm not confident at all. Oklahoma State has a lot of issues on defense, but I think they get the win. Uh, I got Okie State winning this game, and they are going to cover. I got Okie State winning easily as well. Yeah, I got Oklahoma State as well. 
Give me Oklahoma State to cover, and the uh, score is going to be 75 to 32. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Next, we got uh, number 10, USC at Stanford. The Trojans favored by nine points. Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams, can they continue uh, to get it done? I like USC to win this game. I like USC as well and to cover the nine-point spread. Yeah, I got USC. Give me the Stanford Cardinal. Give it to me. I personally cannot pick a school that has a tree as a mascot. Uh, give me the Trojans. Good take. Good take. Trojan, man. Next, we come to our weekly spread pick. Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, who look like potentially the worst team in all of college football right now, at the number four Michigan Wolverines, who are favored by 51 points. That is an unbelievable spread. Uh, but I'm going to take the Wolverines to cover that. I think they win, like, I don't know, 58 to three. Last year, at one point, I'm pretty sure we became Michigan fans um, in our Husker group chat. So that shows a lot for us. Well, I have Michigan easily covering 51 points. I think they will blow Hawaii out of the water. And I don't easily. Think, I don't think Hawaii easily. is going to – I don't think Hawaii is scoring a point in this game. Yeah, I got Michigan to cover same reason. I feel like Hawaii won't won't be able to score and – I I don't think they'll really stop Michigan. They'll probably all be injured by the second quarter. Yeah, I think that they'll also cover Michigan. Well, sorry. Hawaii really screwed me week zero, so I'm taking Michigan to cover, and they are going to cover easy. Hawaii screwed me week zero as well. Yes, sir. I'm never going to forget it. All right. Our second to last pick, because, of course, we'll pick the Husker game last, uh, but number nine Baylor at number 21 BYU. Again, late night game here, which is – Absolutely awesome. Uh, BYU's favored by three and a half. I don't know if I fully understand that, but Vegas is smarter than I when it comes to this, but I'm still going to take the Baylor Bears to win. I have Baylor Bears winning this game. Uh, they will cover the spread. I think they'll probably win by around 10 points. I have Baylor as well, but I think we all have Baylor, and that gets me concerned when we all have a, such a lock like this. Yeah, that, that is true, as we all picked Purdue last week but i also got baylor maybe we're all just right this week give me the bears i like baylor the bears and there it is we all are fading vegas on this one i might go bet on this game yeah hey late night i'm I'm just kidding i can't bet i have no monies and then last but not least after the game though that's true good point bet the house on it scare money don't make money Last but not least here, we'll get into the Husker game against Georgia Southern. Night game in Lincoln. I like the Huskers to win, and I like a score of 42 to 20. So I also like the Huskers in this game. For score, I'm going to go 35 to 21. But my uncle, I was texting him earlier in the podcast, he has a score predictor that is actually scary close uh, he had Northwestern that game. He had a, a tie at 29 to 29. The last game he had very close. It was Nebraska to win 42 to 20. Um, and he has Georgia Southern winning this game 31 to 27 on his score projector. So that does scare me a lot just because it is very accurate, but I'm still going to go to the Skurs. 
I don't trust Isaiah's a predictor that uncle's magic calculator that <laughs> predicted a tie for week zero. I was gonna say I do not pre- I do not trust <laughs> it a predicted predictor. a tie. A There's tie. a zero percent chance of that. I know, oh, but man. the score of that game was thirty-two to twenty-nine, and it predicted it's still thirty-two. It was thirty-one twenty-eight. It was thirty-one twenty-eight. Okay, it's still. Very I'll, I'll accurate. give you. I'll give you. A, it's close. It's still a tie in a football game. I understand. It is it is college football it is literally cannot end in a tie. It is scary accurate. I know <laughs> it can't end in a tie, but it just the fact that it's that accurate is scary. I've got Georgia Southern. Okay, Georgia Southern 23 and a half point dog. So I've got Nebraska winning 33 to 10. Yeah, I got Nebraska winning um, score. Let's go 35 to 21. Didn't think about it at all. Uh, boys, I am scared for this game. I am not going to lie to you. Um, I still have the Skurs winning 41 to 17, but it's going to be a lot like last week where it's going to be closer than it actually should. And we're going to look really bad. And then we're somehow going to get two touchdowns at the end to make it look like we played good. Because that, that score last week does, does not reflect our, our play from last week. But I got 41-17 Skurs. Brad, I think you need to go bet um, Georgia Southern spread and buy yourself a win because <laughs> no matter what, you're going to win with that bet. That's a good point. That's a good point, Headley. Are you going to donate five bucks to me for to do that for free plays? Or Yeah, you can have about five bucks I owe Headley. You, oh, yeah, you, you can use Isaiah's money <laughs> to bet that. All right, the listeners heard that there first, unless Isaiah cuts it out, which he probably will. No, I won't. <laughs> All right, any – last remarks on uh, either last week or this week. Ryan Day still sits really Iowa will score a touchdown this week. They will. Defensive. Defensive oh. touchdown. Maybe both. <laughs> I think that they, they score two touchdowns. Man. Both defensive. I, really hope- I think Spencer Petras throws for one. Yo. Spencer Petras wow. has wow. thrown a touchdown before. He can do it again. He's not probably- good. He's not good, but he was, can throw a touchdown. We, we didn't mention this stat earlier, but I think it needs to be brought up in that Petrus's what is it, last eight games, he's thrown one touchdown and seven interceptions. I really like that stat. Uh, it's fun. unbelievable. It's the worst TD to interception ratio through that many games I've ever even heard of for a division, a power five starter. I cannot wait for this Alex game. Medea. It is going to be entertaining. But what's his record? Probably better than Nebraska's. Well, thank, thank God for amazing defense. I was going to say that, Connor, that question should more be what is Iowa's defense's record? <laughs> Team sport. I think the only way Iowa wins that game is if Padilla comes in, honestly. But Padilla sucked too. All I can say is thank God we don't have Spencer Petrus. Thank God for Casey Thompson. Thank God we don't have Brian Petrus. Petrus should be running Gatorades out on the field. Yeah, we don't got Scott <laughs> let, let Daddy Let Daddy sling it, man. Casey Thompson problem. It's all a matter of time. We'll see. Spencer Petrus could be the next Tom Brady. Well, fellas, uh, I think we can end things there. Super pumped for this Saturday. It's a really good slate of college football. Intriguing games on. Go follow the Power 6 Twitter. It's a great follow. Turn on notifications. Ring that bell. Ring that yep. bell. Follow all your Instagram college football well. news. All your cultural news and information is the Power Six Podcast Twitter. Isaiah, take it. Oh, go red. I was gonna say, can we can we give a shout out to our number one follower on Twitter, Ben Dalton? Thanks, sir. Ben Dalton. Thank you. Thank you for the thank you for the support. Great perm he has. <laughs> we do appreciate you, Ben.
We appreciate all the our, listeners. Our number one interactor on Twitter. We love him. Because it's some a great more, follow. Let's get some more interactions on Twitter, y'all. Let's get some more interactions. But thank you all to, to listening for to the pods, man. We appreciate it. This five cents is really going to go a long way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, big time. We're going we're gonna to be making the Twitter, uh, like I said, it's going to stay active. And we're going to get some more Twitter polls up on there, too. Uh, so that the, yeah. the fans' voice can be heard. We all will be together in Brad's living room watching the games this Saturday. I actually live on the streets, so we're going to watch it. From, from Brad's, Brad's outside cardboard right. box. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for listening to the third edition of the Power Six podcast. We appreciate you all for listening. Uh, please continue to do so. Like Max said, you know, follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Join the Discord. Uh, we have a lot of interaction going on in there. We love hearing your guys' feedback. Again, shout out to Ben. We appreciate it a lot. Uh, go ahead. Uh, share this podcast with your friends, family, or your favorite bartender. Who knows? Uh, once again, um, hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode and have another good weekend. And as always, go Big Red. Go, go Big Red, baby. Go Big Red.